It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast on this Monday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to your only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. Today's episode, we're going to recap the first two games of the season. As I kind of talked about opening day a little bit on Friday, want to get a little bit more into Thursday's game, as well as talk about Sunday's game. And guys, stop booing Sonny Gray. What? in the world. We're going to talk more about that here in just a moment. Make sure you're subscribed though on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Also check us out on social media at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Locked On Reds. And also look at our website, LockedOnReds.com. Dave Pemberton has a great couple of articles up there, especially one about opening day. Thought I really enjoyed that one. Definitely go check that one out. So Day one, awesome. Obviously, the Reds come out with a win, 5-3. Luis Castillo looked pretty good. Um, kind of thought he got a little bit pool, you know, pulled a little bit early there by David Bell. But I've got to tell you something. When, when it comes to David Bell, and he came under scrutiny for his bullpen usage in opening day because it almost looked like it cost him the game. He pulls Castillo after walking a batter in the sixth, and then he brings in Jared Hughes. But here's the deal. He's playing with what Jared Hughes did last year. Relievers on a whole, there's like a handful of relievers who year in and year out can trot out of that bullpen, you know, in right field or left field or whatever stadium they're in, wherever the bullpen's coming from. If they're at Wrigley, it's just they're over on the side. But – there are very few, a handful of guys that can just constantly pitch at an elite level from the bullpen every single year. Don't get me wrong, Jared Hughes had an amazing season in 2018. Will he be sub-2 ERA again this year? I don't know. And it wasn't the greatest start for him, but hopefully he can bounce back from that. So he was playing, you know, David Bell was playing the averages when it comes to Jared Hughes. Thought he could get him out of the jam with nothing hurt, and then, of course, it blew up. But I I like David Bell's managing. I, I think he probably could give the pitcher, you know, at least Castillo, give him a little bit of time. Now, he pulled Sonny Gray in the third inning. And while I think that's warranted, I can get, I'll get to Sonny Gray in just a minute, but I like what he's done. I like how he's set up the system of the note cards for the outfielders. I don't know if you noticed, I, it was pointed out to me and then I noticed it um, just yesterday at the game that whenever the Reds bring in a new pitcher, one of the bat boys goes out to the outfielders and hands them a card 
And on that card is essentially the formations with which they will line up in the outfield based on the pitcher, based on the batter that they're facing. And, you know, they play the numbers as to how particular hitter types are hitting their pitcher, whether it's going to left field or it's shading to right, different things like that. So I really appreciate the preparedness that the Reds have. I feel like, if nothing else, for 2019, they're going to be the most prepared team in baseball. But these first two games have probably been a microcosm of what we're going to see. You know, I think a lot of people have the Reds as a 500 ball club, and they're going to end the month of March as a 500 ball club, going one and one there. And you know, it's early. It's been two games to properly evaluate the Reds would be foolish to to look at the Reds and see what they've done and say this is this team. It's foolish. You've got a Eugenio Suarez, Yasiel Puig, Scott Shelbler. All of them don't have hits. They're not going to finish the year without a hit. They're also not going to finish the year with a bad batting average. I feel pretty confident in saying that. I think all three of them have a batting average that is better than one Billy Hamilton used to have. That being said, that has what has brought this time, brought Sunday down a little bit because the team as a whole only got three hits. And Trevor Williams, give him credit, he really shut down the Reds lineup, who is going to be a very strong lineup this season. But still, we got nothing out of Yasiel Puig on the bat. He did get a walk on Sunday. Matt Kemp also went hitless. You know, you've got some guys who have a little bit of a slow start in them. And I did see a stat on Twitter that Yasiel Puig for his career has an OPS of 715. So when you combine his on-base and slugging percentage, it's not great. So he is a little bit of a slow starter. Now I think he's going to turn that around here pretty soon. I would be surprised if he leaves Cincinnati without one home run. As they go to the road trip to Pittsburgh next weekend, they play the Brewers coming up. And I'm going to preview that here in the second half of the podcast coming up in just a little bit. But I think that overall, some guys have just, you know, kind of gotten out of the gates slow. And that's okay. Guys do that all the time. Joey Votto went two for four on Sunday. That gives him three hits and eight at bats for the season still hasn't gotten yard yet but it's two games right we had jose peraza and Derek dietrich both go yard on opening day two guys that we didn't expect but that's going to happen this time of year early on i do want to let you guys know that there is a great league podcast on the daily for locked on mlb it's hosted by sully Sully Baseball, he calls himself. It's a great podcast. He covers the league from all angles in just about 15 minutes each and every day. I highly encourage you to go check that out. Make sure you subscribe on all of the different platforms with which you get this podcast. All right, guys, this is the part of the Locked On Reds baseball podcast where I talk to you for a moment about sex. That's right, and we're talking good sex. Do you remember the last time that you pitched a complete game has it been a while are you just getting to that quality start right now i've got a solution blue chew 
Blue Chew is a chewable tablet that has the same active ingredient as Viagra, except it is much more fast-acting since it's a chewable. Now, through this special offer, you can go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code MLB for this introductory offer. You get a free shipment of Blue Chew. You just pay $5 in shipping, and you can have it sent to you. It'll help you get back to where you want to be when you want to be there. We're talking about bluechew.com, as in the color blue, B-L-U-E.com, promo code MLB. This is a great introductory offer for the listeners of the Locked On Reds podcast. Bluechew.com, promo code MLB, for your free introductory offer. BlueChew.com is a new partner of the Locked On Reds podcast, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. You're listening to the Locked On Reds baseball podcast, your only daily source of podcasts for your Cincinnati Reds. I kind of recapped the first two games in the first half of this podcast, and I mentioned in the tease, in the, the work up to the podcast, stop booing Sonny Gray. And now, obviously, I mean that in the sense of the past, which obviously it's hard to go back in the past and undo something, but he was getting booed in his very first start at Great American Ballpark. He had some trouble with his command. He finished the game with 72 pitches and 37 of which were balls, and if you're working on math with me here, that's more than half of his pitches were outside of the strike zone. So that was a little disheartening to see. I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. I was hoping that Sonny Gray would have a good start. But I didn't boo him. I never thought to boo him. Why on earth would you boo a guy? It's 35 degrees out. And we're talking about a curveball pitcher, all right? We're not talking about a guy who can change who he is as far as what his best pitch is. He got to the major leagues. He got where he is right now because of his curveball. Now, you go out there and you throw a curveball in 35-degree weather – I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm a little bit of a wimp. I'm not a strong dude. I'm not an athletic kind of guy. But just carrying my beer from the third baseline to the first baseline, my fingers were about numb. And you were talking about a dude who's out there pitching. He had, you know, 72 pitches, obviously, and not even three innings of work. So, obviously, he was laboring out on the mound. And his curveball is his best pitch. So, he's going to throw that a lot. We're talking about 20, 25, maybe even 28 times he probably threw that curve. I haven't looked at the you know, the pitch breakdowns or anything like that. So, that's not an official number or anything. But he's trying to get a grip and get the right spin. And he's focused on all of that. And meanwhile, he can't feel his fingertips trying to do that because he's going to try his best to warm them up. It's not going to work in 35-degree temperatures. It's a tough way to play for a curveball pitcher. And he was working his fastball in there as much as he could, but he knew that, and if you read the interview with Eno Saris and him earlier on in spring training, he mentioned that his out pitch is a curveball. He's not going to just all of a sudden flip a switch and stop throwing it. That's his bread and butter. That's what got him here. He's not going to stop doing it. So because of that, he was bouncing it in the dirt. He was outside the strike zone. I think someone 
looked at the statistics and said that only like one or two of his curveballs generated swings and misses. Everyone else, they were just looking at them because they knew. They knew that Sonny Gray is a curveball pitcher, and he's going to have a hard time commanding it in the zone with the way that the temperatures were doing. And so, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you can sit there and say that I'm making excuses. You can sit there and compare him to Trevor Williams and that Trevor Williams had no problems pitching. Trevor Williams is not a curveball pitcher. Trevor Williams did not get to the major leagues based on a curveball that falls off the table like Sonny Gray's got. Trevor Williams has great command of his fastball, his changeup, things that you can pitch in a cold weather game. Sonny Gray doesn't work that way. And you can't just expect a dude to change everything about his professional career based on the weather. So, yeah, the weather's a factor. Yeah, the weather is something that you've got to take into account when you're looking at Sonny Gray's start. So stop booing him. I couldn't believe I was sitting there and I was hearing people boo. Like, what, what are you talking about? It's March 31st, we're just starting the season, and you're going to boo a newcomer. Welcome to Cincinnati, Sonny. Boo! Yeah, that's what I want to hear if I'm Sonny Gray. I'm telling you what, that that had me fired up. I was sitting there, just I could not believe it. I think it's bullcrap, and I think it's dumb. You don't need to be doing that. And people also booing Yasiel Puig, too. Like, come on, get out of here. These are our guys, Right? You know, call me a homer, whatever. I love my team, and when I'm looking at these guys, maybe they're getting a little slow out of the gate. They've had two games. You're going to boo them after two games? Jeez. At me on Twitter. Come on. Do it. We're going to talk about this. Anyway, let's take a quick look. The Reds are welcoming the Brewers in to town. We're talking about probably the hottest hitter in the major leagues to begin this season in Christian Yelich. He's hit a home run in every single game that he has played. And he's coming to play a team in which he had fun hitting against them last year too. I don't know if you know this or not. Christian Yelich hit two cycles. Hit for the cycle twice last year, both against the Reds. And he's looking to break a sort of record, one of those records that you hear about and you're like, okay, sounds kind of made up, but it also sounds kind of cool, in that no Major League Baseball player has ever hit a home run in each of their first five games of the season. Christian Yelich has hit a home run in each of the first four games that he has played. And he's coming to a stadium that he rather enjoys hitting in to see if he can hit a home run in his fifth game. I mean... I've tried the whole sports betting thing. I find out I'm not very good at it. But if I were a betting man, i probably say he might go yard on Monday. No offense to Tanner Rourke. It just seems like Christian Yelich has the number of the Reds. He is the latest Reds killer to be at Great American Ballpark and to feast on Reds pitching. We'll see if Tanner Rourke can kind of calm him down. Rourke gets his first start in a Reds uniform. He had a Decent spring, look to build on that. And also, he's got some expectations. I don't think a lot of Reds fans are really putting too much on him for this season, but I think he can be an innings eater, a guy in the middle of the rotation that you can count on to keep the other team right around three, maybe four runs by the time the sixth or seventh inning rolls around. And we'll see if the bats can pick it up against the Brewers as the Brewers will trot out Zach Davies on Monday. On Tuesday, we'll see 
Yolis Chassin. I probably butchered that, but, you know, Yolis Chassin on Tuesday. I'm going to try to make it down to the ballpark for that. And then on Wednesday, Frankie Peralta will be pitching for the Brewers. He'll face Tyler Malley. On Tuesday, the Reds will try out Anthony DiSclefani. So, just to recap, that pitching ro- or pitching matchups are as follow. Monday, we've got Zach Davies against Tanner Rourke. Tuesday, there is Yolis Chassin against Anthony DiSclefani. And Wednesday, we'll see Frankie Peralta against Tyler Malley. Those are the three pitching matchups. It'll be interesting to see how the Reds take on the Brewers. The Brewers are coming off a 3-1 series win over the St. Louis Cardinals, my favorites for what it's worth to win the NL Central. So, when Tuesday's podcast comes out tomorrow, we'll be talking about Monday night's game, and I'll also be looking a little bit more at how the Reds' performances are going to shake out the rest of the season. You've listened to the Locked On Reds podcast, your only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Also look at LockedOnReds.com where we've got new content going up each and every day from our writers. Thank you so much for downloading and listening And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.